I'm ready. Let's do it. everyone to this friday march uh it is march 13th on my side of the world march 12th with the two participants that we have uh with us today we welcome jake and joseph from the band um witherfall and um how are you guys doing tonight lovely yeah doing good man what side of the world are you on i'm in spain sir um oh shit. really yeah so, yeah i i was trying to think i think i met you like in 2011 like uh we were doing some interview on a in an rv which sounds a little strange right now but yes <laughs> yeah. so, so it was then. funny go, go ahead i'm sorry oh nothing man i gotta be professional and turn my phone off here so we were kind of talking off air about that um so i had uh i had known the white wizard fellows for some years and finally there was an opportunity to um interview some of the members uh in person and i'd actually been talking to you i think through facebook back and forth before you joined the band but then it just so happened that the the planets aligned and i got to see you in Bilbao and um and I got to chat to you f- uh, for a little bit and I got to talk to uh, Giovanni and um and John in an RV uh in the parking lot. So yeah, the planets didn't really quite align on that tour. It was more like a comet being struck <laughs> the earth. Um was that the ice disaster? <laughs> yeah, Iced Earth, Fury UK wow. and um and White Wizard, which you and uh, um, is it Matt from Fear UK ended up going into uh, Ice uh, Earth. Luke. Luke. Luke, yeah. That's his brother. crazy. We all, yeah, I remember we met Stu and John and and I met Luke. We all met each other on the same day in oh, wow. uh, Oakham, which is, yeah, that was wild. That was a fun run while it lasted. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and the band I'm in just ends in some sort of utter disaster. So it's uh <laughs> you know I wouldn't hire me to be in the band. Are are you saying are you saying you're the kiss of death for any any lineup that you join? One hundred percent. it never fails. So um yeah. I know the Grim Reaper actually. But I'm sure Joseph could speak uh, the opposite to that because, I mean, you guys have been kind of with each other for, what, close to a decade between White Wizard and and with Witherfall? Because we're equally temperamental. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, that, that's right. Nelson has been dying. 
Yeah, we have a severe curse. I mean, yeah, even Witherfall's cursed. So um, I don't know who I pissed off in the afterlife at some point. I'll take the blame for that. But um, but yeah, Joseph and I met each other 2012, I think, was when, uh, yeah, I, I think that was right before some White Wizard tour. So yeah, almost a decade now. Right. Yeah. Because when I met you, you uh, Michael Gremio was singing. And then a few months later, uh, it was funny because I was, you know, I've been in and out of the uh, stuff with Talking Metal for years, co-hosting and doing different things. And then all of a sudden, right, Joseph. Show you were on Talking Metal. That's right. Yeah. And then Joseph all of a sudden was on Talking Metal. Uh, we're interviewing the the singer of White Wizard. And it's like, wait a second. I just saw them and it was Michael Gremio. Who's this Joseph guy? So, um you know the 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 ever revolving door with with that band um but um joseph i you know i kind of got to talk to you because it was one of these things where on an episode of talking metal i was just kind of a bystander kind of produced the segment and you got to talk to uh mark striegel for more or less the, the whole time it was right after you had left white wizard and i remember you were teasing that something big was on the horizon but we never got to find out what that big thing was. You kind of held us at bay that interview. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, it ended up being a uh, witherfall. I forgot. Yeah, I did talk to you guys. Uh, I, I was probably still in England, I think. Um, it could be. It was, that was right after the whole shenanigans. I mean, it was yeah, like a week or two. Yeah. Yeah. So, I was probably in Will Walner's mom's house okay. right outside of where Witherfall was formed. Um, we were all over there uh, just trying to get away from John <laughs> for a couple days. Right. <laughs> and uh, Jake and I ended up fucking getting wasted and smoking cigars on the English channel and like discussing like <laughs> forming our own band where other people couldn't fuck it up so hard. Right. Yeah, we could write our own music, and I mean, that was the thing from the start, was having no boundaries when it came to songwriting and being like a band like Zeppelin or Queen, but right. our own style, you know, and we didn't, we, we that's all we, we, we wanted to do, and then again, like Joseph was saying, too, on a business side, we were going to run it properly, like a business, um, and, uh, but yeah, that was, that was all done, like, at 4 a.m. on the English Channel, and then... <laughs> I got the fuck out of there. I was like, I'm fucking beat down like a dog from this tour. I'm going to go hibernate somewhere. And I think I, uh, I, I, I wrote Joseph on Facebook and was like, Hey man, like how's it going out there? Where are you? And I was like, Hey, I have some, you know, like let's get together whenever I, whenever we all get back to California and, um, let's start working on some ideas. And, uh, Shit, I think we had like three of the songs from Nocturnes done in one session. Because at that point, too, we didn't know how we were going to write. Joseph and I just bonded over our love for classical music and music theory and King Diamond. And um, we, you know, at that point, we hadn't really written anything together. And uh, it's sometimes you can have people that are really great musicians, but the chemistry for writing just doesn't work. So right. it's always kind of a gamble. Um, but yeah, it worked off beautifully. Which is an interesting point because, you know, a lot of people think that it's easy, 
for example, to join a band and, oh, you know, this guy's a great musician. So obviously he's going to be writing this. But in circumstances that the two of you have been in, uh, you guys have come into established bands. And it isn't always the case where you get to write or dictate things. And you kind of have to play along by the rules that are established by whoever is the, the main person or the main people running the band, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, that's why we formed our own band. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, I yeah. mean, yeah, it's to not have control over the situation is, I mean, you know, it's, there, there's a balance to it. You know, you, there, there's a fuck ton of stress mm-hmm. when it's Joseph and I doing it ourselves and not just being like, well, whatever, just be, you know, have my plane ticket here and I'll show up and play your fucking songs rather right. than having like, you know, cause, cause at points that's easy, but then other points it's like, you have no control over a situation. You have no control over business dealings. You have no control over the color of the artwork and all this stuff. And, you know, <laughs> so it's like it, that, that got frustrating, you know? Right. <laughs> so, so, so it, I guess it goes to, um, kind of lend itself that you guys really want to be hands-on with this from you're saying artwork from making sure that all the merch, I mean, you guys with each of the releases you guys have put out like just ridiculously cool, like colored vinyl and different like packages for, for merch and stuff. So you guys have been involved with that 100%. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything, I don't think there's anything we're not hands-on about. And uh, we're pretty fortunate though. uh, When we did, end up with century media over in europe like they really love their their vinyl and they really take those layouts seriously and you know whatever you know it's it's like we're in a playground like whatever we want oh you want a leaf on your fucking the the second side on the fourth side of the fucking vinyl okay sure we'll play along oh oh it's got to be a double vinyl can you just cut out one song no no that's okay we like it it's all good i mean yeah um Shit, what are there, like 10 colors for this record? Something ridiculous. Yeah, there's a ton. And the cool thing, too, about CM is whoever they use for like their mastering for the vinyl, it's, it actually sounds good, too. You know, sometimes right, you want vinyl from reissue stuff. Yeah, Jim did, okay, Jim did that, yeah. They did but whoever they use to manufacture it does a good job. The vinyl sound yeah. great. I've put on some before and been like, the hell is this, <laughs> you know? Wow. Like, right. Yeah. Um, the mix so is the best anyway, either. So for, forget yeah, the vinyl mix. We want to be the kiss of merchandise, you know, for metal bands. So <laughs> we actually have some, we have some cool stuff actually coming out. Uh, we can't talk about yeah. yet, but um, I actually just finished up the meeting for it yesterday with, uh, oh, it's going to be something. Oh, wow. Yeah, we want wine. We have everything that we like. So <laughs> we just want to slap our name on. There you go. So absolutely. You're, you're, I'm assuming you're changing your last name to Simmons then. Jake Simmons from now on. Simmons. That's your new Isn't nickname. That the name of his kid? Isn't that his? No. Nick. Simmons. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, Jake Simmons. We'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you trademarked it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. Simmons trademark. In the next 30 Every seconds. Yeah. <laughs> like... <laughs> He's got like an auto generator for every name plus Simmons that like trade anyone in and trademarked all of them. Right. The, the second it's mentioned on the internet, whether it's written or whether it's, you know, live streamed in this case, it's automatically registered within 30 seconds. So he's getting a prompt. Yeah. Well, this stream right here is probably already canceled. 
<laughs> gonna try and monetize it. There you go. What's the um? What what what's the kind of? I don't want to say weirdest, but the um, biggest surprise out of what you've been able to do from say a uh, vinyl standpoint or for many other piece of merch that uh, century media has helped you guys out with. Is there one thing that kind of sticks out where it was something like you guys are like, there's no way they're going to let us do this. And then they're like, okay, we can do it. No, I mean, they only do the, the vinyl. And okay. The, the Everything else is done in house here. In my playground. <laughs> I, I was, I was pretty, uh, I was pretty surprised for Prelude being that was technically our first re- release with them. They reissued Nocturnes over in Europe, but mm-hmm. they let it do a, um, a double vinyl. So I was at first, I was, you know, I was kind of surprised about that, but nothing like really, I mean, it's not like we have like porn, like in our uh, album covers or anything like that. You know, I was like, wow, they let us do that. Um, it's pretty standard, though, for the most part. But yeah, the, the double vinyl at first kind of caught me off guard, but which which is really cool. You know, it's, I don't think they could fit it on a single vinyl. Yeah, no. Well, I have certain vinyls that are done in 45, for example. So there's only like two songs per vinyl. Yeah. Uh, so, so just imagine, um, and they all blew away just one side of a vinyl, <laughs> you know, it's going to be the next yeah. and all blew away. I, th- I think, I think it is one side of the, well, no, it's that. And then the boss, There's one other song. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it is a double, it it is is. A double though, right? Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay, so that's cool. Well, that's still cool. Um, the uh, the other thing too that I mean, I want to get into some of the songs here. One thing that I always bitch about is bands covering songs that you hear on the radio all the time. And of course, I see you guys are covering Boston. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And then I listen to the song, and I'm like, it works. It makes sense. You know, the the last thing that I hate is hearing a band cover a song that you've already heard on the radio like 50 million times and then they covered identical to the original what's the point because no one's going to play it but yet the way that you guys approach this song if you didn't know that that boston song existed hey it's another it's another song that uh witherfall has just put together you know uh for for a younger fan go ahead joseph no that's how that's totally happened. At least like three or four interviewers, especially like, you know, that aren't American. They, they, they had no idea that it was a Boston song. They were like, I don't get like why they wrote this little quiet piece to end the record. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's because it says acoustic version. They're right. like, this must've been on like an earlier Witherfall record. Cause this is the acoustic version. I wonder what the original sounded like. Yeah. Yeah, it was yeah. part of their '76 release. So, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, when we when we wanted to do that song, I mean, I've always thought that I love that song too. I mean, I think Joseph and I are huge Boston fans in general. Um, and like you were saying too, on American rock radio, I mean, you can hear that song every hour. You know, yeah. um, so. But when we tried doing it, like we were going to kind of do it actually in the way that you would have despised us for. And (laughs) it just didn't like when we were 
when we were doing it, it was like it's the songs. It's too upbeat, you know, the the, yeah. the musical arrangement to it. Joseph's going to go into the lyrics, I'm sure, in a second, because but uh, the musical arrangement was it just wasn't working. So we um, we almost abandoned the idea. And okay. we were kind of just like, what if we did this kind of like the way that we did uh, the Tom Petty song, which is another one that you hear every single day on the radio. I won't back down. Right. And let's like mess with the the harmonic arrangement to it. And let's do the relative minor to uh, these major chords that are going on. And then it just, it, it fell into place that way. And we were like, shit, that was right, right under our nose the entire time. Right. Um, so it was, but it almost got, we, we almost threw it out and we were going to do a super popular Springsteen song. So oh, wow. <laughs> we were still going to do super popular songs. <laughs> I mean, that's that's one thing, though, too, is sometimes like when I see these bands covering um, songs that are super obscure by bands, it's almost like in a way like what's kind of the point, you know, because it's not unless they just ran out of songs to write and they had to fill mm-hmm. up an album, you know, um, it's cool. Though, unless you're like super diehard fan of the band that they're covering, everyone's just going to be like, oh, this is a cool, cool tune. Who is this? You know, Um from a marketing perspective, I think doing a song that people kind of know. Whoa. Jake cut out there. My God. Well, let's see if he uh, hops back in. I think he, uh, so this thing is uh, live, right? There he goes. Yeah, it's live. And then what, what essentially happens is I, repackage it in audio format so it'll be up on youtube for people to watch and they'll be able to listen to uh, uh the replay and audio version. it's not live on youtube it is live on youtube right now oh it says it's waiting huh it should be live unless my uh, gene simmons dude gene simmons is <laughs> there you go stopping all of our holy fuck <laughs> <laughs> Theoretically, this should be live on on Twitch, Periscope, Facebook, and YouTube. Yeah, I'm looking at it here, and it's because I was gonna see if anyone was commenting live on the your YouTube. Twitch, Periscope, Facebook, live. and YouTube. Yeah, it's it's yeah, live. It's on YouTube. Too. I just, just opened it up. No, no, that's not that's not YouTube, Jake. Uh, Oh, I know. Yeah. No, I'm just saying. Yeah. Well, these these are people commenting from YouTube actually, because there's a YouTube icon next to it. Um, send out two live on Facebook. Yeah, one on Facebook now. Oh, oh, you know what it is? There's another video that says waiting on your YouTube channel. It maybe okay. doubled it. That happened to us when we were doing Zoom. Now I see actually because there's a YouTube icon next to it. Yep, yep. Um, there you are. Send out two live on Facebook. Yeah, one on yeah. Facebook now. Oh, oh, you know what it is? There's another video that says waiting. On your YouTube. Oh my God. See? Okay. Found it. I feel, like I'm doing, I feel like I'm doing drugs right now. What the hell's going on? Like, I just. Yeah. <laughs> I right <laughs> uh, last thing about the. Uh, what the hell? The, the, the cover track uh, with both of the covers that you brought up. How do you guys pick a cover? Um, does it just kind of come up when you guys are writing or recording the songs, or do you guys already have it all fleshed out before you guys even. Uh, you know, put the final touches on the original tracks. It's a lot of alcohol, man. A lot of fucking <laughs> alcohol at like 
four in the morning when when we're like tired of working on our own music like that's when like a lot of these cover songs get you know fucked with yeah for example like the uh tom petty one we were working on shadows at joseph's studio it was like four in the morning and joseph and i just love music so we'll just sit around with acoustic guitars and just play on you know just jam out like you would like a beach bar band or some shit and um we were doing i won't back down and then we're just like what if we made it like super sad and then and with that sort of that harmony that's on there it's super ambiguous um so we used a little bit of our theory knowledge and just made them all basically nine chords um that way the melody wouldn't really have to change at all and um it worked so that one we just fell into with i uh the boston tune we had kind of talked more about it you know we were kind of like what songs do we need to cover and i think that one came that one came up and um we, we were right about it but it's not really it's not really a big discussion like with joseph and i it's pretty much just like we can kind of tell like between the other one if we're into it or not like if there's an abitune that comes up actually <laughs> never mentioned that one day and that in the fucking Uber and that chick almost got killed on sunset. We were, Oh yeah. <laughs> that was a sign from Adam Sagan not to do an ABBA song. <laughs> <laughs> so that was actually no. contemplated then. No, for two seconds. I think I was like, there you I go. Check out this melody. No. And Joseph's like, yeah, fuck no. <laughs> well, one of the things that kind of, I don't know, catches me off guard when, when I was reading some of the reviews that people had written about this album. It just seems like it's so easy to say, oh, well, it sounds like Ice Thirst. It sounds like Nevermore. Uh, okay, let's make the connection, you know, to all the other bands that you guys are remotely connected to. And let's say that this sounds like that instead of actually, like, looking at it for its own merit. I mean, let's be honest, nothing is 100% original, but okay. Sanctuary nevermore there, you know, one led into the other. So obviously, no, it sounds like that. Those people aren't listening, man. Yeah. They, they're not listening. they just, it's annoying. Yeah. Man. They're not listening. And once I see that on there, I'm like, you haven't listened to the record or your ears are broken because it, they, they don't, I mean, just because it's just name association, you know, and it's right. someone that I think just wants to like, I don't, I don't understand why people have to always compare shit too. It's weird. Right. It's like, why Witherfall is its own thing. And it doesn't sound like any of those bands. And yeah, I mean, I guess there's elements, um, but like, you know, if you put on a sanctuary song or an Eister song and then a Witherfall song, you're going to be like, these all three sound like, like three completely different bands. Um, yeah. So it's kind of frustrating in a way. It's just like almost you don't want to be like, don't even put any names on it, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like how like Rolling Stones and Aerosmith used to get compared a lot during the time period. But mm -hmm. listening back now, I'm like, they sound nothing like each other. I mean, outside of like, there's some blues riffs. I mean, like sonically, especially the vocals. It's like, what, do, what are you really, what are you hearing? I mean, yeah, there was, I mean, you certainly hear influence. Certainly yeah, but with yeah. it's rock music with guitars. I mean, it's right. Of course, there's an influence. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, like, but it'd be I, different. It'd be like if uh, 
<laughs> going back to the Kiss reference, if someone was reviewing uh, a Kiss record and they saw Paul Stanley doing his Soul Station, which is like his funk band or like classic R&B, and right. they're like, yeah, it sounds a little bit like Kiss's Dynasty record. It's like, no, oh just because it's Paul Stanley doesn't mean it sounds like Kiss, you know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's just, I, honestly, I think it's people just kind of being lazy a little bit with it and not mm-hmm. really otherwise i mean they might not like that type of style of music which is totally fine um right. but i think it's like they just don't really care to go into it and and really see see it for what it is right jake, jake just pissed off every single reviewer and then our next record's gonna get like ones and twos <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that that's kind of <laughs> kind of the thing that annoyed me when when reading some of the things because to me i i listened to the album to curse of autumn and i was like yeah. wow there's definitely a progression especially with like incorporation of melodies and some of the chorus structures and just how some of the songs are are laid out it's definitely different from each of the the last few releases and instantly the first reviewer that that i read you know just to see what people's comments are it's obvious that john Schaefer produced this album like what no, <laughs> the thing is like not well, was pretty experimental and uh you know we were just kind of feeling our way around like songs and writing you know and then prelude to sorrow was really just like this crazy like modern pink floydian like rock opera about our dead drummer so mm-hmm. like of course there's going to be all this like crazy soundscapey things and and weird segues in between songs and you know, like 13 minute songs that have these like interludes that take you into like, you know, weird, you know, cavernous places. Cause it's, 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 it's a set piece. They're all set pieces. Right. Like this record is, is, it has a theme, but it's more straight ahead. So we were, we weren't really like, you know, we weren't really trying to tie together any sort of narrative on this we were just writing songs so of course it's going to be you know a little more straightforward i mean there are certainly set pieces on this record like the title Mm -hmm. track but um i don't know like (laughs) i i don't think john had anything to do at all with with i mean he didn't have anything to do at all with the writing and uh the sound of the record i mean john didn't mix the record you know Right. I mean, it was, it was, I mean, if you look at it though, yeah, it's going to sound sonically like Iced Earth. You have John Schaefer, Jim Morris, and Tom Morris. I mean, that was the classic Iced Earth sound for those classic records. So it's, it's inevitable. It's going to sound like that. Um, And I I like that sound. I mean, I think it sounds really heavy for it. But the, just because something sounds like that sonically doesn't mean, I mean, the, the songwriting and all that stuff, I mean, it's way different, you know, and, mm-hmm. I, and that I think is where it actually like comes more into play on the compositions of how um, yeah. more than like something sonically sounds like that. I mean, holy shit! With the records now, um, because of of how bands just use the same drum kit sound and all that stuff, you could say right. every band sounds like this other band. You know, if you're talking yeah. about it from a sonic production standpoint, I think we have. Some. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we have. So maybe we're the assholes too. Actually, I guarantee you we are. <laughs> yeah, that's that. That's a good point because uh, as as being a wannabe drummer and somebody that has toyed around with uh, superior drummer two and three, 
you know, when you start to listen to different albums, you're like, all right, superior drummer, superior drummer. The symbols always give it away to me. Um, yep. and, and it's funny because a lot of people will sit there and bitch about different technological aspects of recording. Well, it's obvious they use triggers and they did this and they did that. And it's like, no, a lot of times it isn't that obvious unless you really know what you're talking about or your ears really attuned to what acoustic instruments sound like. Also, if someone is recording those tracks, if you're using a trigger or not on a drum set, if someone is physically playing, you know, one kind of doesn't have anything to do with the other. You know, I, I hear people say all the time, Oh, well he was cheating. He was using, he was using triggers on stage. For example, when I saw you with white wizard, Giovanni was using triggers. Um, if, or he was using a click track, I forget which of the two, um, with it, he had a laptop or whatever anyway, but, Regardless, he was checking his he was checking his dates <laughs> on social media. I thought I wouldn't do it. <laughs> but but there's a lot of people like that aren't you know. And I'm all right. I'm a fan who have who's played instruments and just so happens to do a podcast. I can't I can't put myself in a category like you guys to know all the ins and outs because you guys have been in the studios, you guys have been in bands and whatnot, and you have you know, like armchair quarterbacks, like sitting back and again, well, it obviously sounds like so-and-so worked on it or this person influenced it where, you know, what have you released to actually come out with to be able to deduce that, you know? Yeah. I mean, if we didn't put John's name on it, like is any is anyone really going to like just out of the blue go, I think John Schaefer had a hand in this record. Like nobody, nobody's going to fucking do that. And because it's yeah. a hot topic right now. And if it wasn't for that, no one would have given a fuck. Yeah. Let's be honest. I mean, that's not to like discount anything John did, you know, contribute. Right. He definitely did. But I think it's yeah. actually doing him a disservice to say that it sounds like iced earth. Cause it most definitely doesn't sound like iced earth at all. And I think that's to his credit too, that he was able to, you know, in that producer role, just give the band, you know, what it wanted in its sound. So I don't know. I, John's probably, well, when he comes out, John will probably be pissed about all those fucking references. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I think that that's true. I mean, it shows diversity on his stuff. He could have easily just been like, all right, guys, you know, here's burning times, but redone an A and do that, you know, and <laughs> we're going to plug up to a Larry and I know how to make an ice earth record. We're going to do that. No, he didn't do that at all. He knew our sound and to his credit, he went and did a lot of research and really listened to us and, and did, you know, a, a really good job in that producer's role. And, and we used him more as a producer for getting the best performances out of Joseph and I, um, because, during the pandemic, Joseph and I had to produce uh, Marco Miniman in Los Angeles because right. during that time it was, um, you know, with flights and all that stuff, no one really wanted to travel or no one could travel. So right. we're like, we have to get this shit done. Um, right. And so we used the engineer named Bradley Cook, who worked with like Slash and who else? I always forget his credits. They're fucking huge though. Foo Fighters, right? Um, yeah, Foo Fighters, Chris. Anyways, Mel, yeah, he, he did. Some, yeah, and so it was Joseph and I doing that with Marco, and and that was a really fun time. That was an amazing time in the studio. And then so, but with John, he he was there, and he was gonna 
he calls pussy, you know, he's like, <laughs> you call that a 16th note run right there? Come on, <laughs> you know? And, <laughs> and we, I mean, we had a lot of fun then and he, he pushed us. He, I wouldn't say I mean, he pushed us cause he knew like what we could get, you know, and he knew right. the sound and, um, yeah, I mean, we loved it. That's what we, that's what we hired him for. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. John's and passionate. You- <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jesus, you you, you bring up uh, <laughs> you bring up Marco, who's obviously a, a world renowned drummer. Um, what did he bring to the to the picture outside of obviously his like world class drumming? Was there anything that he added to this album that you know you guys weren't expecting when you brought him on board? And nothing I wasn't expecting. I mean, that's why we hired him. Okay. Uh, yeah. He's one of the most musical drummers. And uh, I mean, outside of just the, his, his, uh, the, the instrument he's most known for. I mean, he's just a world-class musician and uh, I mean, like a total professional. I mean, he, we did those drum tracks in like two days. Oh, wow. Like two. Yeah. And that's like almost cold. I think he, had like maybe two weeks to listen to our our demos mm-hmm. that and, and being the fact that he is fucking hilarious and way more german than i pictured him like watching his videos online okay <laughs> cool yeah no i think like he, yeah there was nothing really um i think it would have been something more uh, I, I, I guess uh, surprising if he would have just went in there and just fucked everything up, but <laughs> we knew he was going to go in there and kill it. I mean, um, like he, uh, like again, like on All Blue Away, the prog section there, he did that in like one take, and then it was like, you know, it's got tons of odd time. It has tempo changes. He did it in one take, like three minutes of music, the most complex part of the record, and then Joseph and I were like, that's it, we got it. He's like... I can give you like 15 different versions of that because this is my bread and butter, you know, all that odd time stuff. I think he, he walks around in like 11, eight, you know, that's what his heartbeat is, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, the, and like too, his stories are hilarious, but that's for another night. <laughs> okay. The, the other thing too was, you guys started releasing songs before the album came out. And historically, you know, I see bands start to release, you know, two singles, three singles, four singles. And it's like, Oh shit. You know, is this going to be a case where they're giving us the money shot right away? This is what's going to get people to buy the album. And then the rest of the album is nowhere near as good as what they're, what you guys are releasing. Um, my question to you was, is this, um, what made you guys decide to release so many things before the album was, or so many songs before the album was even, um, uh, released? What was it? Was that a conscious effort? Was that the label? Who, who was behind that idea? It's a, it's a very, that's the modern way to release albums. And, uh, we definitely wanted to start, you know, treating ourselves like, like a modern, band and not like a throwback band you know we already have like a lot of our fans love physical products so that's never going to change like you know we 
we have great artwork. Um, you know, we, we, we release a lot of vinyl. So people that want that are going to get it no matter what. Right. That's not, that's not going to change because they heard the singles. They, they're going to want the physical product if, cause right. that's what they do. They collect. So, you know, the modern paradigm of, of music consumption has a lot to do with, you know, these technologies, like these algorithms that are on Spotify and YouTube. And that, that was just the, a conscious effort and a decision made between uh, me, Jake and the label that uh, we were going to embrace the like modern pop aesthetic, mm -hmm. like, you know, let's do like a waterfall campaign and we'll drip it in. So like, instead of just two, re two single releases, and then you, you have the one album release, we have song after song every month is another right. song and it just pumping the, you know, the algorithms and, and it worked, it worked really well. I mean, we've, we've, uh, we've never been a band that has like really ridiculous streaming numbers because we don't, we're not a specialized band. So like if a death metal band comes out, you know, with a record, their songs are going to be on all the death metal playlists right. or like a power metal band, like a straight up power metal band, like, you know, Stradivarius or something, they're going to get on every power metal playlist. Like, you know, like, but we have, we're, we're, uh, we're a horse of a different color, you know, like right. we can't really be put into a box. So, you know, that type of thing, it needs a lot of work on the back end to try and figure out how to market mm -hmm. it digitally. I think it's worked out really well. We're, we're going to catch up to our, our, uh, highest uh streaming album before like a month oh wow this cool. record being so like prelude was out two years ago and we're we're gonna catch up within a month to those streaming numbers so it's paid off and uh, i think a lot of bands are going to end up doing it this way from now on so and, th and that makes complete sense i mean what you said was right on the money the typical thing two songs the album comes out but you guys kept putting stuff out. And if, you know, if algorithms and statistics are showing that this works in other genres or just music in general, entertainment in general, why not use it to your advantage? You know, that makes complete sense. I mean, we have even more coming. Yeah. Too. We have three more videos. Yeah. I mean, okay, cool. And that goes back to what you were, what you were talking about too, is like, you know, blowing your load with like, you know, two songs that are the best on the record. Yeah why would you put shitty songs on your record? <laughs> you know, yeah. like if you didn't think they were all strong, they should be left, you know, on the piece of paper. Um, so I, I, I think that's maybe one of the things too. And yeah, I mean, it's the, the times are changing and shit like that. And like Joseph was saying too, about the Spotify stuff, it, it's difficult with the playlist. I mean, we, we just had a review of a guy that actually did listen to the record and he's like, these guys were able for the song Tempest he said these guys were somehow able to incorporate uh, black metal emperor type stuff into a dream theater type section, mm -hmm. you know, all in the same song. And it's like, how, how the hell prog black metal with hints of, you know, 70s influence um, playlist, you know, I don't right. think that one exists. I, I subscribe <laughs> to it, though. Sounds pretty cool. But um, yeah, it's it's just, it's going to always be an uphill battle for us. I think with that. Yeah. To, to Joseph's point before, I mean, you guys definitely aren't a, a one trick pony where uh, unfortunately a lot of, uh, a, a lot of maybe fans or, or playlist builders, as you guys are saying, 
you know, every song has to fit a specific category or, or specific niche, as opposed to just taking something for, for what it is, you know, to, to me personally, I listen to all types of music. So it's either good or bad. doesn't matter, you know, what subgenre or, or, or whatnot, you know, does, does your album have to be just straight up power metal? Does it have to be prog? And that's one of the things I saw. Well, it isn't as prog as their original releases. Well, does it have to be? You know, it just doesn't, I don't know. It just right. seems like there's so many rules now for, for an art form that was built on rebellion and going against establishments and rules. We've got so many rules surrounding metal music today, which I don't know. It just seems like a detractor to me instead of just sitting back and enjoying what you guys are doing. The sad thing well, is, that, that's is our, you know, self, they're self-inflicted rules. It's not like there's like some magistrate of heavy right. metal out there like that comes into your fucking band rehearsal and like, you know, puts a hole in your <laughs> snare drum like you break a rule. Right. It's like spineless musicians or talentless, I don't know, whichever one you want to pick that, you know, they don't take any chances or they're unable to like musically. Anyway, that's probably going to get me. Well, I mean, that that, and <laughs> that, that, that goes to uh, that, that goes to like what we were first when we first formed Witherfall. We had a band that had no rules to it when it came to songwriting. I mean, mm-hmm. we we love Austin and we love you know it, our, our our genre, our genres and influences are all over the board. And I mean, even when you start getting the guys that play on the record, like Anthony Crawford comes from an R and B and gospel background. You know, it's like it, it adds to this whole sound. And it's like you can't right. just have everybody that's like, fuck yeah, Pantera. You know, right. I love that. That's a criteria, man. It's like, like, no, man, there's already enough of those bands. And and like you said, too, it's like it gets stale after a while. And right. I prefer records, too, to take you on musical journey. Like, you know, you could have songs that dip down. If it's just like, you know, 220 BPMs for an hour, that's going <laughs> to annoy me more than anything, you know, right. and it's going to get stale and boring after a while. Um, it should totally go through all sorts of different moods. I mean, that's, it's like watching a movie, you know, if you watch some movie, it's just action all the way through, you're going to get bored. Or if you watch something where it's a guy sitting in a cell for, well, it's a little too personal. actually. So <laughs> <won't go> there. <laughs> it's like Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great film <laughs> yeah yeah you mentioned the the videos that was one of my other questions if we were going to see videos for every track off of the album so we've seen five already and you're saying that there's going to be three more um can you say what three additional tracks are going to be um are going to be made into videos because it's 15 tracks total isn't it no, it's like 11 there's like okay. versions of uh right that's shortened right. version but it's like 11 uh, separate distinct songs um yeah i mean everything but the intro um <laughs> for the last scar and we're not sure if curse of autumn is going to get its own like little visual treatment we, we may or may not do something for that but okay. everything else is going to have its own uh, video. So you, you could have gone into like SOD, MOD territory there and done a 52 second video for the intro. 
I mean, we still can. I mean, it could be fucking Jake sitting there staring at the camera drinking wine. You know, there you go. Product promotion. Jake Simmons selling the Witherfall. It's the Witherfall wine. The the video will last online a total of 45 seconds before the copyright infringement (laughs) comes up. Not a bad idea. Like we should just have the like the wine bottle sitting there, like just static with the fucking song playing. There you go. There you go. Take that link back to the fucking winery. (laughs) Eric will be happy. Well, I see Jake, you're talking, but I don't hear anything. Still don't hear anything. Um, Uh-oh. as far as, yeah, hopefully let's see Uh-oh. if it comes back. It, it tells me that your internet's like cutting in and out on my end, but, um, the bars keep going up and down. I don't know if it's that, but, um, got a signal. <laughs> Jake, close all your porn fucking browser tabs. <laughs> <laughs> Now's the time. <laughs> um, as far as obviously with COVID, you guys have already mentioned what a challenge it was to record. Um, obviously, we're three months into 2021. What is the balance of the year hold for the band? I mean, did you guys have like long plans? I mean, obviously, we're a year into this now. So obviously, the, the recording of the album was what you guys had in mind. But did you have like a long, elaborate plan of what you guys wanted to do if this wouldn't have gone on. Yeah. I mean, the record was supposed to come out in November. Uh, okay. Hence one for the title curse of autumn. And, uh, we had the, uh, tour with Evergrey was supposed to happen in like February, I think. Um, so, I mean, that's really, that's really it. We just got pushed up a couple months with the release and the tour got pushed up. But we did everything that was in our agenda and more, actually. I mean, we really took advantage of of what most people would consider downtime. I think we've actually worked more than we've ever um, just figuring out ways to promote, you know, here in the office or, you know, doing all those videos, like figuring out the technology behind all these, you know, services and trying to push the band further. Um, actually Jake and I just got together a couple weeks ago and started work on another record. So oh, wow. uh, we're not, we're not sitting here idle at all. Yeah, that, that, that's great. I mean, you hear so many bands that are still talking about how, you know, obviously COVID's affected everyone, regardless, regardless what you do or whatnot. But I mean, it's cool to hear that you guys aren't just sitting back, just waiting for things to happen. You guys are being proactive and just, you know, doing, doing your shit and trying to make sure that the band keeps getting out there and, and that you guys keep doing what you're doing. I mean, is it foolish for me to say that, you know, at this point in time, you guys are really making an effort to make anyone that had said that this was a side project, forget about that terminology when it comes to the band. Well, I mean, this was never a side project. This was always our main project just because we are in uh, bigger bands. Doesn't mean that this was a, a side project. Okay. Can you hear me now guys? Can yeah. you hear you now? 
Fucking Gene Simmons, man. <laughs> fucking canceling me every second. He's already silenced you. Yeah. <laughs> um. So is is okay. So you guys are already going to be working on on more music. Obviously, three more videos to go. Um, the ETA for the rest of the year, the layout for all that stuff. Do you guys have any sort of schedule for when the videos are coming out, when that additional music is coming out? Uh, we have, we're actually in uh, meetings about that next week. We, we may or may not have something coming out pretty soon um, okay. for uh, one of the tracks. And actually what I was saying before Gene interrupted me <laughs> was that we were, um, we have, we have a video coming out that's actually not on the U S or the European version. It's the oh, wow. full version of, uh, of long time foreplay at the beginning of it. So it's our okay. version of that, you know, um, which is gonna be very cool. It's got Marco Miniman and it's full band performance of it. So, um, that's gonna be cool, but uh, but no, nah, we don't have anything. It, it's coming soon. <laughs> that's all we yeah, can say. Nothing's coming soon, then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the Evergreen tour. Yeah, it's you know that's the whole thing is just trying to like basically try to get it where um, it, it's a weird time, so we can't tour, but we have to figure out some way to keep the name out there. Yeah. Um, as far as that tour is concerned, I mean, at at what point in time? do promoters come to you guys and, and give you guys like a drop dead date where they tell you, well, you know, this can't happen. Hopefully not when we're on the bus outside of their venue. <laughs> yeah, $40,000 in debt. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my Lord. My mother just popped into the chat. <laughs> Hi Paula. <laughs> we'll throw that up on the screen for everyone to see. Oh Jesus. Um, there you go. Yeah, mom, I'm drinking and swearing and I'm getting paid for it. <laughs> cool. I hope it's everything you ever wanted. <laughs> well, at least Gene Simmons hasn't interrupted you yet, so you're still on a good course. Hey, Gene Simmons is afraid of me, that's why. There you go. Actually, you know, I've met I've met Gene quite a I was on tour with Gene and he was actually a very, very cool guy. Um Okay. You know. I've uh Paul wouldn't talk to me at all. Okay. That's because he did. Yeah, exactly. Is is that because there was a um because I mean I've I've heard this from opening acts where they're not allowed to uh uh, you know, talk to certain people in other bands or even look at other people in other bands. Was it some type of a stipulation like that or? Uh, no, I think Paul just saw me as a peasant and didn't want to acknowledge <laughs> my presence. I mean, he's Paul Stanley. He's, I mean, he's allowed to do that in my eyes, you know? He, he, di he didn't know you were going to be using all this product placement. He's, he's now going to claim also that he taught you how to had a product place all the the wine and everything else not gene so maybe it's going to be jake stanley <laughs> actually Our, it, it, the best video of all time is when paul and gene get in a fight during a <laughs> during an interview have you right. seen that, all, that yeah, yeah yeah that's amazing oh it's amazing yeah that's actually maybe if, my favorite <laughs> if paul stanley's listening we'll send him a bottle of wine yeah paul paul yeah. likes to drink he's he's yeah. actually an I love that. <laughs> 
He, he's an avid he's, watcher yeah. of the live stream. He chats with us all the time. So he'll, I'm oh, sure he'll really? respond. Yeah. Cool. What's up, Paul? Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that part of the book where he's like, that was Gene's idea for us not to drink. I like the glass of wine on occasion. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's the best. That is one of the best works of, of literature ever. And actually the yeah. audio version when Paul's reading it. Right. It's amazing. That guy does not hold back. I love wow. that that book. Yeah, that's instead of beats per minute, it's uh, throwing under the pe- throwing people under the bus per minute is is what that is. <laughs> yeah. That is I mean, even, even Eric Carr, you ref- you know, he thought he was a redneck cuz he decided to get his Mazda, you know, in a camouflage or whatever it was, Bugatti, Mitsu- I don't know, Lamborghini, I don't know whatever it was, but yeah, right. that's an amazing book. Right. <laughs> yeah. So that will be, uh, will you be coming out with a book talking about uh, all of your marketing strategies now? Um, Uh, Our our book will be about five chapters or or five series already. We have stories. (laughs) You've got Uh, plenty, I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We already had this, just this last two months, like. (laughs) 2021. Yeah. 2021, a Witherfall Odyssey. (laughs) There you go. Jesus. Where do you want people to uh, go to keep in touch with you guys? Our website, because it has the store. And just like Gene Simmons, we want you to buy everything in it. Yeah, please buy our product. <laughs> Drink the wine, get hammered, and then just buy more shit and deal with it later. Yeah, we'll yeah. sign it. Just, yeah, dispute the credit card. Doesn't matter. Just buy it. <laughs> as long as it reports the sound scan. I don't care. <laughs> Uh, now the feds are really gonna be listening to credit card credit card fraud great <laughs> so it is it is witherfall.com as you guys see they've got the the five videos here the playlist of the album and like i mentioned before and, and i hope that people can see it this week last week apparently this didn't appear um but uh yeah you guys have a to say a oh, shitload he's kind of putting it mildly all these packages <laughs> that's one percent of the merch you should go to the actual merch page <laughs> <laughs> like so there's a button on the bottom all right let's see oh shit yeah. okay and, yeah so that's not even the website now go to the merch section Stump. Wow. I, sw- I dare you to scroll all the way down <laughs> <laughs> But like, yeah, I, I, like I mentioned, <laughs> yeah, like, like I mentioned before, I mean, you you guys are doing what you can to keep keep your stuff out there, you know. Whereas other other people just are not, you know. No, there's how how many other bands are, and this isn't me blowing smoke up you guys' asses. This this is me saying that you know I don't go to other people's websites and see, you know, all of this, you know, all of their releases and. You know, you're lucky to have like one or two current pictures. Nonetheless, this massive merch section. I mean, merch is what, um, I mean, it's great. It's, it's free advertisement for us. You know, people are walking around with it. And if it looks cool, actually my favorite shirt, I think on there, the curse of autumn hoodies are great, but, uh, the vintage t-shirt is looks amazing. Yeah. You can see it across, uh, an arena. I mean, we, on the merch booth, we played, uh, 
I forgot where, somewhere in Germany, some some festival, and like peeked out from the backstage area, and I was like, "That's the vintage one right there." You can see it across the room. <laughs> cool. It, 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 yeah, it, did a really good job with that. Forget, like, you know, when you like say like when you started playing guitar and started getting into bands, whether it was like you know the Metallica metal up your ass shirt or ride the lightning shirt or any of the maiden stuff or whatever it was but that was part of the magic of like being a fan of music was yeah like all the like cool artwork and you know like you couldn't wait like especially if you're a kid and you don't have much money and then you know like you get 20 bucks and you can order one of the fucking shirts from one of those mail order sites you know right like like i think when when guys get into bands like they they don't put they don't really think about that like mm-hmm. part of 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 your band is the merch like that's part of the package like that's what gets people excited and i mean like if you really care about your fans you should definitely put together some really cool stuff for them to to wear yeah i i agree there was um this is something that i was actually talking about another podcast last week um how for some for some reason over the years the, the whole you know a not wearing your own merch and not wearing merch to shows and again all these guidelines and rules that have that have come up and and my response was well who's the first one to go up to Steve Harris and say you can't wear your own merch on stage <laughs> you know it's just like, kind of asinine I mean you should just do what you want if you want to wear your merch cool if you don't then don't wear it. But I mean, who's, who's going to be a better salesperson for your own brand than you guys, you know? So that yeah. kind of makes sense that you wouldn't try to showcase it or get it out there. Like, like you guys have done on the website. Well, man, I think this goes, comes all around, all the way around with her fall doesn't like rules. So we break our rules and there's there too go. many rules in metal right now. I mean, yeah, like, rules. yeah, you can't wear your own shirt. Like the whole thing was, this is all supposed to be about rebellion. Like, you know, like there's all these rules yeah. to, oh, you have to do this. You have to promote it like that. And it's just like, you know what? Fuck off. Listen to our records. If you don't like it, don't listen. You know, <laughs> like keep your opinions to yourself. You know, it's the problem with like the internet, you know? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's just dumb, man. I mean, there's, there's just listening to the music. It's just crazy that like people, uh, you know, have rules for metal. It's, it's, and, and they do. I mean, you go online and there's these forums and all this stuff and these people that basically have these guidelines of what you're supposed to do to be a metalhead in mm-hmm. 2021. It's like, that's the most unmetal thing you can do, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I agree with you. You know, I, I, had Michael Kiska of Halloween once tell me, you know, for, uh, again, for a form of music that was built on rebellion and rebelled against like the church and the Bible and stuff like that. He, he said, we have more rules than the Bible does right now. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, it just, yeah. I, mean, I think though in the Bible, you're allowed to have sex with slaves. So maybe people need to reread <laughs> that thing. <laughs> there you go. That is, that is the, um, the 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 new new testament as per joseph michael so <laughs> it's going on a shirt eventually yeah there you go and that, that one you wouldn't that one you wouldn't have to run by either mr simmons or mr stanley so 
Oh my god! I think they will. Uh, they'll distance themselves from that piece of merchandise. Yeah. I don't know. Do they look good with with zebra pumas though? You got to think about that. <laughs> well, man, I think we got to jump to another interview right now. Actually, oh, shit. yeah. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. Shit, we're, we're up to the um, the hour. I. I I apologize. Didn't realize that. No, dude, this was fun, man. Hey, it was nice talking to you again, Victor. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, uh, everyone, I want to thank you, you guys, Jake and Joseph for coming on talking about Witherfall for the last hour and, um, Mm -hmm. much luck guys. You know, I, for anyone that's, that's checking this out live or the recorded uh, version, I completely enjoy the album and i pursued these guys to do the interview so most people have shit thrown at them all the time i wanted to make sure that i interviewed you guys because i want to make sure that people know about the album and know you know what to expect from you guys and definitely as of march again not blowing smoke up you guys asses i think it's one of the most solid releases this year so far so uh thank you victor appreciate that man yeah 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 all right guys on the dms after after uh, we're off all right awesome all right cool. thanks for your time guys take care victor all right take thanks, care yeah. there we go joseph michael and jake from witherfall um awesome uh talking with them i i want to um Send shout outs to some of the regulars on here. Obviously, we have Jose up in Connecticut, Jeremy in the UK. We have um, Brad Dahl over in Utah. Um, Mike Jones checking in, more of the uh, Patreon faithful. Uh, we had uh, Paula, who's uh, been revealed as um, Joseph's mom. Hi, mom. Thanks for joining us. Um, let's see. We have Savage Hawk who joined us, uh, who mentioned, uh, let's see on this day, we were gifted with Steve Harris and we all know it was good. Absolutely. Again, the master of merch. I mean, if, if you think about it, um, Maiden kiss, how many of these bands have just had, as Joseph pointed out, you know, shirts and just different things that you wanted to get. You know, whether you were a kid or you were you were a grown up, you know, now they have like retro shirts that call back to some of the great things that we all bought as kids. So um, let's see. John Cashin says, uh, let's see. They send reminders. This is talking about the merch. They send reminders to customers to buy stuff. It works. I did the pre-order for Curse because of it. See. And he goes on to say, I bought. I bought last one. I bought last year's wine. Excuse me. I like the music. So if a few bucks keeps help them making more, it's worth it. Absolutely. I agree. 100%. Um, let's see. Savage Hawk who joined us for the first time. Uh, not a wine drinker, but I can honestly say I am drinking a trooper right now. Awesome. Uh, Jeremy up in Manchester saying great album guys. I concur. Uh, I listened to it quite a few times today and uh, Jeremy knows and all my patrons who, um, who keep up with what I do on, on Patreon quick plug here, Patreon forward slash Mars attacks podcast. 
Two bucks a month gets you in, gets you an additional podcast that I do. Plus, I'm posting um, between two to sometimes six videos a day on there and getting people's comments, the, the patrons' comments. So we're building a playlist based on what people like. And I'm trying to fit in all types of metal and there's stuff on there that I don't like, but if the patrons like it, it's, it's going in the playlist. You know, I believe in promoting new music. Um, nothing wrong with, you know, um, old acts or whatever. I love old acts as well. I love promoting their new music as well, but 20, 2021, I love talking about, um, Good music. There's always new good music out there. There's always something you can find to listen to. And it may not be a full album. Maybe it's three, four tracks. This this Witherfall album, again, it doesn't fit in a nice, neat little box to say, oh, well, you know, oh, oh, it, it isn't progressive enough. Um, there were certain spots in this song where there was too much of an anthemic chorus for this to be pure. And it's like, are, are you serious? Come on, if that's really your holdup, there's like a million things out there to listen to. Literally, you know, I have people that come up to me and say, what do you think the worst song or the worst album of this year has been so far? And it's like, I don't know. There's too much stuff that I enjoy to actually focus on something that I think really sucks. You know, all right, if there's something that egregiously is terrible, then all right, uh, fine. I, I, I get it. It may stick out. But um, all of the Witherfall tracks that have come out, they have all gone up on Patreon and everyone has commented on them. Uh, I've been listening to all five of those leading singles uh, before the album was released. And like I said, you know, historically, you see a band do that. And it's kind of because those are the stronger tracks on the album. That isn't the case with with Curse of with Curse of Autumn. I keep looking at my notes here because I don't want to mess up the name of the album. Um, and, and like I said, I pursued the band. Once I saw that there was like an opening, I'm like, boom, I'm going in because I've been following them and I've wanted to talk to them over the last few years. And once I started hearing these tracks and we have the, uh, the, 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 the metal dentist joining us. Hello, sir. I see you humming in the, in the chat. Um, there are different reasons why there, there are tracks off of this album that really like just gave me like an, an oh shit moment. We've cursed enough that I could say, oh shit, because I'm going to be penalized by YouTube anyway. So uh, there you go. Yeah. Surprisingly enough, if, if you curse, they demonetize your, uh, your video. Not that I was going to be making money off of it, but the last scar is, um, is, is, is the first song that I heard. I have the melody from that course in my head playing right now. I've had it for like the last week where, um, where I was hyping myself up for this interview. And as I lie awake, um, has called, you know, it jumped out at me for a different reason because it has a chord progression, which is uh, very similar to um, back in my, you know, wanting to be in a band phase when 
the metal dentist and I uh, were, were in a band, uh, a late friend of ours. Uh, the last thing that I ever toyed around with with him, the notes are the same, but the, the progression is different from, um, from as I lie awake, uh, which is why, you know, there's only so much original stuff you can record. Um, or write, I should say. So that when I heard it, I'm like, Whoa, those notes were so familiar. It was like, it was calling to me like instantly. And it was, you know, in my head instantly as much as like any of the melodies. So, um, Mike Jones is saying that everything I've heard is killer. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I, I put it on today. Um, the album, the album did drop and, um, the album came out last week. Um, but I wanted to make sure that, you know, I listened to it enough to know what I was talking to the, the band about, you know, you may even say, yeah, you still don't know what you're talking about, but it, you know, um, I like it. I, I'm not, I'm not bullshitting anyone by saying that it's one of the strongest things out there because of everything that goes into it. It just seems like this has been the, the perfect storm for at least for my uh, musical taste. And that doesn't mean that the rest of their stuff isn't great. Much like I talked to um, Monty Pittman last week. Uh, there's no reason why you can't enjoy pizza and spaghetti uh, at the same time. Uh, it just so happens that, this album to me kind of puts things over the top for me. And that's great because each album has been solid um, since, since their inception. So um, anyway, we are roughly around an hour and 10 minutes. I do want to thank everyone for listening. Uh, just want to remind you to subscribe on YouTube uh, if you, if you will, um, from there, you guys will receive notification when a new video has been uploaded. I'm uploading the videos on Fridays and I'm releasing the podcast on Fridays to coincide with the live stream to kind of remind people that aren't familiar, or maybe it's people that are checking out the show for the first time. And then it isn't that much of a stretch if they're seeing the show notes or they're listening to me talk about the show, you know, um, They'll hear, oh, you know, Fridays, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. in the UK, uh, midnight, Friday going into Saturday for continental Europe. Um, if you're listening to it, you know, and it's one of those things, oh, wow, it's tonight. Maybe I'll check it out tonight and, you know, I can join in on the chat. Um, I thank you guys for being here. Those that are here week after week, those that are just jumping in for the first time. Again, I appreciate anyone that, um, that even watches the, the replay uh, or happens to, you know, subscribe to the podcast. The podcast is available on Apple music. It's available on Google or you can just go to marsattacksradio.com and there is an RSS feed that you can input into any one of your favorite podcasting um, players on your phone or subscribe to it um, via your computer. Or you could just listen to the episodes right there on marsattacksradio.com. Uh, Jose is saying that he's got a weekly Friday reminder on his calendar. Awesome. Thank you, sir. And again, I appreciate you for, for being here week after week. Uh, let's see. 
Listening to the podcast from my car to the commute home. The minute I get home, I'm checking their stuff out. Rock on. Yeah. And knowing your musical taste, this is something that's going to be right up your alley. Um, Brad, um, Brad was saying that uh, he will be checking it out as well. Uh, Maybe something that could go on yard metal at some point in the future. I don't know. Check it out. Let me know what you think, sir. Um, And uh, yeah, so uh, just wrapping up the show here. Thanks for everyone for joining, for joining me tonight. Thanks for anyone that's listening after or watching after we'll be here next Friday. Uh, I'm working on a few things. Um, This was the, the Witherfall interview was something that came together towards the end of last week and was finally confirmed um, definitely like two days ago. And like all of us, (laughs) Murphy's law life gets in the way and I wasn't able to really uh, publicize it until, until earlier today. Um, Jeremy, who I can't thank you enough. You're great with including me on your Twitter with some song selections, but also, um, uh, he sent, you know, he sent information out earlier today. Um, if you follow uh, Mars Attacks on Twitter, it's easy to to see uh, Jeremy's Twitter as well because he's he's linking me constantly with all the stuff, helping promote bands and helping promote everything that I have going on. So I I thank you, Jeremy, and I thank all of you guys for. Um, for being here this week as well. So um, that is uh, pretty much it for the week. Thank you. Hope you guys enjoyed. And uh, we will see you next time right here on the Signals from Mars live stream brought to you by the Mars Attacks podcast. See you, folks. Thank you for listening to the Mars Attacks podcast. This concludes our show. 